Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Alpesh Parmar. Thanks for being on the show, Alpesh. Absolutely, Whitney. Thank you for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. A little about Alpesh. He owns over 100 residential rental units in markets like Dallas, Atlanta, and Birmingham. Also invests internationally in markets like Belize, Panama, and India. He hosts the famous investing podcast, Wealth Matters. He is also the co-author of Amazon number one best-selling book, Resilience, Turning Your Setback into a comeback. I like that title. And so, Alpesh, thank you again for your time. And let's jump right in. But tell us a little bit about what you're doing in real estate. And let's jump in. Sure. So yeah, I started in real estate around 2011, when I became accidental landlord, right, and started picking up real estate slowly. And then in 2015, I drank the Kool-Aid by reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right, and it changed my mind. So since 2015, started investing in real estate, and I started investing in syndications in 2017. That's how I found out about syndications, crowdfunding, because I'm also coming from IT background, about 19, 20 years of IT experience. So also understand tech, startup, etc. but wanted to get out of IT at some point in my career. And so currently I invest actively as well as passively. So I invest on my own, raise capital as well. And you know, if I like the deal, I'll invest in other syndications too. Nice. I know something that is important to you is being diversified. And I'd love for us to go into that a little bit because I think there's different ways to think about that, whether it's the asset classes or markets or active passive or, I mean, and even in your case, you're investing in different countries as well. And so I'd love to dive into that a little bit, but get us started. You know, somebody that's just thinking, well, I'm just going to start investing in real estate. Well, this may be way out of their thought process just yet, you know, so get us started in why maybe we would want to think about diversifying like you have. And then let's dive into some ways that you have. Sure. So real estate diversification works same as stock market. And why I like that analogy, because, you know, we have been told by fund managers or 401k when we have 401k, right, that you got to diversify, you have to diversify. But just looking at the stock market, we are still tied to Wall Street, right? At least in real estate world, there are so many ways just by going to asset types. So let me just name them. And I know I have been listening to your show as well. So I know most of your listeners are very savvy, but you can start with single family residences to multifamily, which you and I do a lot. Self storage facilities, mobile home parks, office buildings, triple net investments, shopping centers, parking garages. I've met all kinds of investors who have been doing all this. And I was even surprised as well as baffled that you can invest in a laundromat, you can buy an automated car wash, right? Or if you just want to do something passively, become a private money lender, right? Or 
is something actively wholesaling, right? So there are so many more ways for you to get started in real estate. But even on top of that, diversification real estate works by market. So I started studying real estate in 2015, but I went back to 2009 as well as 2001 because I, I immigrated to US and I call this country as my own now. I became citizen five years ago, but I immigrated here in 2001 and I saw that cycle, the 2000, 2001, as well as 2008 and nine, and I realized you got to be diversified, right? So real estate markets, when I followed, I saw that even real estate markets don't go together, right? They have their own cycles. So it's not like stock market where something happened in Iran or coronavirus in China and we started crashing, right? Because I lived in San Francisco Bay Area. Our market was the first one to go down, residential as well as multifamily, everything else in 2008 and nine. But then I looked at Texas, the market barely moved. And now I look at New Jersey or East Coast market, they have not even gone back up to the 2006 highs, but whereas California or especially Bay Area is double and some areas are triple the 2006 high or peaks, right? So that showed me that real estate markets have their own cycle and some markets may not even deteriorate. Some people like to play the appreciation game and some people like you and I play both cash flow and appreciation hybrid game, right? So I prefer to invest in different asset types as well as different markets, right? But on the flip side, as one person or even as a team, how many markets can you operate in, right? It's very hard because I was following about 20 markets then I flew to Dallas market, Atlanta, Birmingham market, built my own team and bought from single family all the way to duplexes, fourplexes. And I own a couple of nine units on my own now in those markets. And then I realized I cannot do that process. I cannot go through the entire thing again and again in different markets. I'll be stretching myself in managing the property as well as keeping track of all the markets. So then I started looking into syndications and I realized there are other big players out there who can do that job far better than me, right? Mm. But I enjoyed investing in real estate, so I kept investing myself. But I like other markets like, let's say, Las Vegas. So I invested with other syndicator, right? Because I did not want to get in that market myself. And buying a 200-unit apartment building was not my cup of tea, so why not go with someone who knows that market as well as that asset type? Also, then I invested in a self-storage syndication with another big player. And I'm happy with that investment because they have self-storage in Raleigh market, Charlotte market. Those are some of the markets I love, but I cannot go in that market by myself. You know, again, as I said, I cannot build team in every, all of those markets. So that's how I look at diversification in real estate, right? Pick different markets which you love as well as asset types because some of those assets will go up fast but will also come down fast so you want to then have some recession resistant assets like self-storage and mobile home parks right which may not go up and down a lot but will give you a pretty nifty cash flow right my recent deal i'm working on is senior housing facility people will think that i go after shiny object Yes, I do, but I also play calculated risks, right? So senior housing, I have been looking into it since 2017. I could not found any good opportunity in my local market. And finally, I met up with a couple of big players. And instead of me trying to buy a 16 or 24 bed, we are buying an 
132 bed, 86 unit facility for 15 million, right? So I wouldn't have been able to do that on my own and I'm raising capital for that senior housing. I like how you think about diversifying even from active and passive, like that's a way to diversify. Syndication business is such a team sport. It'd be impossible to build a team in every city that you potentially want to invest in, but you can invest with teams that are already there and that are already established. And and you even said they're going to know the market better than you anyway. So that makes a lot of sense. And a lot of operators that I know that say they just want to do single family and that's fine but they don't even realize that there's this opportunity they could diversify so much more and invest in other markets and in real estate with other operators. So I love thinking about it like that. But is there a certain percentage of different asset classes that you like to focus on? Or like, okay, you know, I've got enough in multifamily now. I'm going to put more in self-storage like you talked about, or I'm going to look more in India or something like that. Right. So I also was following Harry Dent, Ray Dalio, and a lot of those guys, right? And they always talk about coming recession and whatnot in U.S., right? Or untying your risk to U.S. dollars. And of course, most of my earnings, most of my savings or investments are in U.S. So when I started investing about 2015, 2016 or 17, I started looking outside as well. So I acquired a small single family in India because I'm basically from India, of course. For the last 20 years, I live here and I call this country as my home now. So I invested there, but I also was looking at other countries and realized that there are so many other opportunities like agriculture farm, which I did not mention, right? So I ended up buying a small coffee farm parcel in Panama. I went there and I liked the operations and I ended up acquiring that. So Then I ended up investing in a resort in Belize as well. That was part of syndication. I also invested in a chocolate farm in Belize and bought an orange tree farm in Paraguay, a parcel as well. And I love agriculture. I did not mention that I'm a vegan, so I consume a lot of fruits and vegetables. And I know us Americans and Europeans, we cannot live without coffee and chocolate as well, right? So (laughs) I think that would be a good investment long term, right? So that's my diversification, untying also some of my assets from US dollars, right? And those are again, passive investments, more like syndications but it's going to give some legacy investment for my kids. Tell me, besides diversification, which it definitely would be, what are some other benefits of investing internationally like that? So definitely diversification is first. Second is untying your risks from US dollar as well, because you never know the US dollar has been going up for almost last 20 years, about Last 15 years, it's been going crazy. And I tied to a lot of time Indian rupees or some of the Asian currencies. And I remember in 2008 or so, the Indian rupee to US dollar was about 37 Indian rupees. So one US dollar was 37 Indian rupees. Today, US dollar is 77 Indian rupee. Right. So it's been going up, but there will come a point in time where U.S. dollar is going to go down. And especially what we've seen with coronavirus, as we can tell, it may act as a catalyst. Right. So it's just untying yourself as well from U.S. dollar and having some other assets types as well, because some of those assets may be expensive and may not give you enough cash flow if they are in US, right? So if you look at agriculture, you may not get the same kind of cash flow if it's outside US. So how about finding that international operator? You know, I haven't had anybody really talk about that, but how do you find somebody that's investing or an operator that's purchasing property or even a farm like that in another country? How do you vet somebody like that and find them? That's a great question. So 
I attend lots of conferences. That's how I learned about syndication and real estate because when I realized that I want to get into this industry and because I come from IT background and I speak at a lot of conferences on my IT side, that was the best way for me to go and learn as well as network with like-minded people, right? So I went to tons of conferences like Rod Clip, Michael Blank, real estate guys, radio syndication event, Joe Fairless's event. I know you have been there as well and started learning about what others are doing, right? So even as us syndicators or real estate investors, we always want to look in at other assets, right? How they're performing. And that's how I found some group of people. They were investing in Panama. At that time, the company was small, so I could directly talk to CEO and the vice president of operations. Then, of course, I made the trip out there, looked at the operations, and that's how I started building. And once I realized this is how these people are operating, I started trying to find other operators in similar space, but in different country, as well as in different agriculture, right? Coffee, chocolate to orange tree. I love all three of them. Orange juices, I can't live without that, right? So to wait someone, I would say, of course, do your own due diligence, go with your guts, but also try to find reference points, right? Network with like-minded people. Always a set of eyes are better than your pair of eyes, right? So always run those investments by someone who you know and trust, right? So again, in the end, it may go back to education as well as mentoring if you need go work with an expert, find a mentor. I think the money spent on education or mentorship is worth every penny. <laughs> Most of the time, I would agree. Yeah, for not sure. those gurus where they promise you something for 30 grand or 50 grand. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Mentors, yeah, you got to have one. Everybody needs many. I know I do. What's been the hardest part of this syndication journey or process for you? Syndication, because I started investing in syndication and that's how I understood that, oh, that is a business out there especially because I wanted to scale up, right? So I thought I cannot buy 50 houses a year, right? There is no way I'll buy three, four, and, and I'm done. And I wanted to go fast, right? So I heard of an African proverb that if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go farther, go with the team, right? Go together. And I invested in the syndication and then I thought, okay, why shouldn't I do this, right? Because this is a syndication, so it does make money for everyone. But also it gives me satisfaction that I'm giving other people a chance to invest with me, right? It's not just that, because when I try to teach my friends about investing, then I have to teach them one by one. But whereas this thing I can say, okay, I have this senior housing deal, you know, I'm giving 8% preferred and you can pretty much do 1.5x of your investment in three to four years when we refinance, right? So the hardest part was figuring out what comes first, chicken or egg. Do you need deal or do you need money, right? So I started working on deals. I started working with brokers and all. And when I had deals, I didn't have money. So I realized, I think for me personally, it's very important to start building your list start talking to investors, your friends and everyone and start talking about what you do. And I was shy about it, even though I'm an extrovert, but I just did not feel comfortable telling them I do real estate investments and I can help you invest or diversify in real estate. But I learned my lessons and now I focus more on building that trust relationship, grow my network first, have the capital ready before I have the deal. 
Okay. Since you're diversified like you are, I ask a lot of people, like, how are they prepared for the downturn that's coming? But now that we're in the middle of this big mess that we're in now, I wonder, like, since you're diversified like you are, which asset classes or markets or countries are performing the best for you right now amongst what's happening? (laughs) Great question. And I think, yeah, I've heard that question before as well. And I think we are already in recession. As soon as we see the Q1 and then Q2 numbers, we can tell that we are already in recession, right? So there is no doubt about that. I'm still digesting all the information available on Yardi, CoStar, Marcus and Millichap, et cetera. But for now, I'm going to keep some hard cash. I'm going to need dry powder when there are deals, right? I would wait till start of Q4 before deploying any capital because I think Q2 and Q3, they are going to be slow as hell. And we are going to see unemployment up to, I would say, 30%. So I'll just wait a little bit. Of course, we are closing on a deal this month. So I want to finish that senior housing deal. And on the asset class, I would say self-storage and mobile home park would come out unscathed or pretty much they will lose some. Multifamily is resilient as ever. All other asset class, I'm definitely worried about them for now. (laughs) I think medical office building, though, sorry to interrupt. One thing on the office buildings I don't like, but medical office buildings, they'll do good. How does a coffee farm or orange tree farm perform during something like this? I think we still got to eat and drink coffee, right? Actually, people sitting at home, they will need more chocolate. I was listening that our president was saying that we may see more suicides because of just people staying at home and not used to that environment. What I tell myself that at least there are no bombs outside. There is no war outside. I can enjoy my home without worrying about anything, right? So I think coffee and chocolate, they will do good. I'm not too worried because it's again a long-term investment. And I tell my friends as well as your listeners that if you are just Looking at long-term investment, don't worry about the short-term effects. Hmm. What's the one thing that's contributed to your success? One thing uh, that's contributed to my success is that I don't quit. I don't like to quit or give up. I always set my goals higher than what I should um, so that I, I just don't want to give myself a pat on the back saying, oh, I had a lower goal and I achieved it and I'm done, right? So... I would prefer to miss a goal or target, but at least I would know that I tried and I gave my best. So how are you finding investors right now? So of course, I have my podcast, Wealth Matters, as well as I now talk to my friends. I attend lots of conferences, meetups. Now most of them are virtual, right? But I always talk about what I do as well as I try to guide them. And not only just talk about syndication, I actually ask them to go buy a single family property and learn themselves that how much work that is, right? Then only they will understand, you know, the syndicators and why they are making money because they have some work to do, right? So even if some turnkey provider tells you that, oh yeah, it's a passive cash flow when you buy a single family property, it's not, right? I try to advise them on that as well. So they realize that I'm not just pushing them to invest money with me, right? My goal is that they understand and, and even diversify, as I said, invest actively and passively in real estate. Yeah, help them get some hands-on experience and they love the passive then, right? So Abish, how do you like to give back? 
I support an organization called Patsala. Patsala means school, which provides food, shelter, and education to more than 100 underprivileged kids in India. I am always also available to guide anyone wanting to learn about investing in general or even wanting to stay physically fit. I didn't mention, but I turned vegan about six years ago and I have finished about 10 Spartan or Tough Mudder races. I love working out. I love talking about how to stay mentally and physically fit. So I'm always open to anyone wanting to chat with me about real estate, mentally fit, physically fit. I'm available. (laughs) Well, tell them how they can get in touch with you and learn more about that. Absolutely. You can visit my website, wealthmatters.com, or they can email me at alpesh, A-L-P-E-S-H, at W-E-A-L-T-H-M-A-T-R-S.com. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I would love it if you would go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. I want to hear your feedback. It makes a big difference in getting the podcast out there. You can also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook so you can connect with me and we can also receive feedback and your questions there that you want me to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, I want to keep you updated. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.